Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. So as you may know, or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day, or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail, because it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. Well, hello. Today's cocktail, in case you want to follow along and make it, um, is called Time for June. So it is, well, it was a couple days before June when we recorded this, so we... um, (laughs) <laughs> we kind of came up with this name, but it's perfect for summer because it's light and it's super sweet. So it's two to three muddled strawberries. So get them nice and nice and smushed up in there, or you could probably puree them as well to get them to get all that great juice out of there. And then you are going to add um, a half an ounce of elderflower liqueur, uh, two ounces of Tito's handmade vodka, half an ounce of thyme simple syrup, and I put some actual thyme, like um, fresh thyme in there as well to give it um, some nice thyme flavor. And then you'll shake that up really good in a shaker. And then you will fill a Collins glass with ice and then pour all that over, over the ice and top it off with tonic water. Really great. You can garnish with strawberry or thyme or whatever you want. But really lovely summer drink anytime drink. It tends to be a little bit on the sweeter side, which is I what I tend to go for. But anyway, I hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed sharing it with my guest today, who is Kristen Manieri, and she started Orlando Date Night Guide. She has been growing this for a really long time. I mean, I think like 14 or 15 years, and she has grown it into something really massive. Um, it's not like an overnight, you know, success or an overnight thing. She's really worked incredibly hard and it's, um, been really cool to see it grow. And Kristen has such an incredible business mind and, um, marketing brain. And she loves sharing her information with others. And she's just a very generous and kind person. So I, uh, I love seeing her, her passion for keeping the romance alive in relationships. When I see people really committed to their marriages and fight for them, I get like a little gushy inside. I think that it's so important to invest in it. And I think a date night goes a long way. I'm not married, but probably goes a long way in, um, in that commitment and reconnecting in uh, a meaningful way you know, sometimes that's around dinner table, sometimes, or going out to eat, or sometimes it's, you know, going for an adventure. But, um, she has so many ideas and she really like, 
shares them with the world, which, which we really love. So I am so excited to share all the things with you and hope that you will enjoy them. Hello, Kristen, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversations podcast. Thank you. Yes. Salud. Thanks for joining me for a little bit of day drinking today. (laughs) That's not a phrase in my vocabulary very often these days. Sure. I'm glad that I get to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I get to make it happen for myself. Um, So today we, I made up a drink and we named it, um, almost June, almost June. Yes. Yes. It is almost June at the time of this recording. We are in almost June. It feels like the middle of August right now. It feels like Phoenix. Feels like, um, yeah, the desert yeah. with no, it's dry it's and super hot. Super like you hot. walk outside and your and skin just goes like, <sighs> yeah. And you start sweating profusely yes. immediately. Uh-huh. Yep. That is how it's felt. But this drink <laughs> is pretty great. So I made a Tito's, uh, handmade vodka with some muddled strawberries, some elderflower liqueur, which is my favorite putting elderflower in anything. adds a little bit of sweetness. Um, I made some thyme simple syrup, actually put some more thyme in there and then shook that up real good and put in some, put it, topped it off with tonic water. You know what we should call so, it? What, time for June. Hey, time <laughs> for June. Time for June. That is, um, that is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, I might have to make this again for a dinner party. I just kind of made it up today, but it's pretty good. So it's like really refreshing summer mm-hmm. drink. I love it. I love it. I love drinking in, um, in all seasons of the year, but especially <laughs> summer, light summer drinks. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear from you. Um, one, if you have like a go-to drink, whether it be a cocktail or not, or like, I know sometimes you're in seasons of having, you know, drinks and maybe have not having drinks, mm-hmm. but, um, what would be like your, your go-to order? Well, as far as, so outside of alcohol, yes, my go-to and this is sort of what people who really know me know that I make this thing and it's called a smoffy. Okay. Never heard of it. So read all about Bulletproof and, you know, adding more fat to your diet and MCT okay. and all that jazz a couple of years ago and tried to do the Bulletproof coffee with this, which is ghee or coconut oil, MCT oil, which is like highly concentrated coconut oil Yes. and coffee, right? Black coffee. I've never been a black coffee drinker. I should just drink cream and sugar. Okay. <laughs> so that alone, the fact that it was just black coffee was like not good, but then when you sip it, like the fat gets on your lip, like the oil. And it's just like, bleh. like, it's just like, you know, when you put too much lip gloss on and yeah. you just have that feeling of just like a film on your lips. Slimy. Yeah. So you would take a sip of it and it, it's great because it does what it's supposed to do, which is it really staves off any hunger and it really gives your body like all this fat to metabolize. And your okay. bo- my body really likes that, right. but I couldn't handle this bulletproof concoction. So I was like, well, I wasn't trying to go in keto. So it was like, well, what would I make instead? So throw that into my Vitamix, the MCT, the, the ghee, the coffee, coffee. and then I add frozen spinach to your coffee. Yeah. And then I add, this is all going in my Vitamix. Then I add (laughs) cacao nibs, chia seeds, uh, cinnamon and honey, and I blend it all up, okay. and that is what I drink every single morning. This giant morning. smoffy. Okay. Yes. So it's like a coffee smoothie. Yes. And I think I'm going to trademark it, so maybe I shouldn't have talked about it. <laughs> but I did tell Chelsea from the Sanctum, I, I said, I, f- 
I feel like this is what's going to put you on the front stage, you know, because not many people know about the sanctum. I'm totally kidding. But I, was gonna say. I feel like that could be her next big thing. So who knows? She's got, she has the rights to it right now. But yeah, I, when I have that, I am like, it's like rocket fuel, right. but in a good way. Like not like, oh my God, I've had too much caffeine and I can conquer the world. But like, man, I feel great. I have energy. Right. And it also, I, I was someone who would eat like every 90 minutes before I started doing that. And I can have that at 7.30 and then I don't eat again until like 1. And that's oh, nice because wow. I have my most productive hours between sure. like 10 and 1. And I have to be interrupted because of my eating all the time is like frustrating chia seeds anything with chia seeds last you maybe right? i don't know what i don't know i don't know what creates the magic of it but it's every day yeah. every day and i have to make it mark tried to make me one the other day and i was like not having it didn't quite no. do it yes <laughs> That's awesome. So that's my drink. Okay. I'm a smoffy drinker. Do you have any drink um, if you were to... So I also wanted to ask you maybe... It might go coincide, but I wanted to kind of right out the gate. Um, maybe like three of your top favorite date nights in oh, Ohio. And yeah. Or if there's a place that you go for a drink. Like if you were to go for a drink... Where would you go? What would you order? Our new favorite place is in Hannibal Square on New England called Vinya. Oh, I, yes, I've heard of it. And it's Vinya Wine Bar, but it's it's really a bistro. It's a great place to eat. They have amazing food. Okay. Tap is really nice. It's like sh- everything's shareable. Right. I think they've got amazing food. So having a couple of tapas, and there's this lovely couple named Fabio and Paula who own it, and right. they just know everyone's name. You sit outside on the curb mm-hmm. and drink rosé, and that's my favorite right now to drink. If it's got alcohol in it, it's got to be rosé. It's got to be rosé. Or rose. sparkling rosé if it's if it's the right kind. Okay. Um, you like, bubbling? and then like some tapas. Yes, I do. Love that the sound of a champagne bottle popping mm-hmm. is like, it like creates something in me, like excitement and uh-huh. anticipation. It's just like, every time I hear it, I'll think, I'll think, or I'll say it loud. Oh, love that sound. You love that sound. I just love it. There's something in you that yeah. gets turned on. Yeah. By. It's like, but think about it. Like some of the best moments I've ever had or anyone's ever had. When you think about celebration, yes, getting married or opening up a bottle for that job that you really wanted, or you're about to go on a really big trip or, you know, all those things and anniversary, just pop. Yes. Popping bottles. New Year's, a new year. It's my favorite holiday. I love New Year's, not New Year's Eve per se, but like a new year. To me, it's like this like fresh sheet of snow where you're like, it's just, everything's possible. I haven't. I haven't messed up anything yet. <laughs> it's like Everything a blank slate renews. every year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's all of that. It's anticipation of good things to come. It's honoring, triggers, celebrating. Just yeah. popping a bottle. Pop. Yeah. Pouring out some bubbly. It should be my like ringtone, but then it would get overused and it wouldn't probably have the same be effect on me. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so that's one place. Yeah. Any other places around town? Uh, Mark's a huge Sado fan. I am too. I think they've got amazing sushi and, and he doesn't have a lot of strong preferences where we go on date night. So when he does, I'm like, okay, that's going to be one of our special spots. I really to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, he orders off the menu. He's one of those people where he'll like, can I have a torchamaki roll? Even though they don't actually have it on the menu anymore. It's a super great roll there. If you get a chance to order it off the menu. He orders off the menu. menu. He's that guy. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's a really good one for us. And, you know, we, we, not now, obviously, because you just 
turn into a giant stinky armpit if you tried to do this. But we're big fans of just going pretty much anywhere and then going for a walk after dinner. We find some of our best conversations happen when we're walking side by side. Mm -hmm. That's like a kind of a staple in my life. I have like a friend that I go for a walk on Fridays at 5 a.m. She's a doctor. I have a busy life. That's the only time we can ever see each other. So we do that. I have another friend that we meet at 8 a.m. Another friend that we meet on Saturdays at 7 a.m. Walking as a, as a, platform for connection is yeah. huge, huge, huge theme in my life. So That's that would so be a good sweet. one. Go anywhere and go then anywhere, just go find a nice place to go, go for a walk. Go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. I think like your mind is active. Your body is active. Like you're not like sitting down, like just sedentary, but like it gets the, you know, the blood flowing and the mind flowing and yeah. the conversation flowing or not like that. If you're sitting across from each other and there's a gap in the conversation, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been married almost 15 years, so it's not like I'm like, oh my God, we're not into each other anymore. Like we're going to have gaps in our conversation. It's not the end of the world, right? but you notice it for sure. But when you're walking side by side, it's like you can have these little pauses mm-hmm. and they don't feel so stifling or like there's something wrong or you're just not right. connected or you don't have anything to talk about anymore things like that so yeah I yeah. love it I love walking there's like there's uh, therapy walk therapy where therapists will take their clients out for walks because they find mm-hmm. that they can open up more they can be more vulnerable when someone's not looking right at them they can get emotional and let their eyes tear up when right. without someone like taking that all in so that's interesting mm-hmm. and I feel like probably very powerful yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's good walking is good walking is good I like to take walks, um, especially now, like obviously more towards the evening. Oh yeah, or really early. Are, yeah, I'm not. I'm not an early morning person at all. So I am more so like right at dusk. I think is mm-hmm. my sweet spot. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, I live here, but I, I like down the street. It backs up to like. Um, the Thompson Park and then Dixon and Zalia Park and so it's just nice I can just kind of walk right mm-hmm. right down there and make a loop and walk through the parks and then head home and yeah it's so good to take in nature wherever you are and just absorb it mm-hmm. enjoy it yeah I agree um good those are good su- good suggestions mm-hmm. um so at those places, well, I guess at those places, do you do you ever have like a, a go-to drink or cocktail? Like if you were going to get a drink? Hmm. Let me think here. You know, for the longest time when um, TR Fire Grill was open, I know it's mm-hmm. closed now. They did like a, a French 75. I yeah. loved that so much. That was like a danger drink for me. Got lots of bubbles in it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I was telling a friend last night about a French martini and I used to get them at Blue Martini back in the day before we had kids. <laughs> and it was a champagne chambord. Was it chambord or was it yeah, it was chambord. Uh vanilla vodka. And then there was some kind of juice in there. Like maybe hmm. some pineapple juice or something like that. Okay. And was there vodka? Did I say yes? Vanilla yeah, vodka. Vanilla vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it so much. Okay. That was a go to I don't even know if they have that anymore. But that would be a big one for me. I don't typically drink liquor anymore. And honestly, like, I'm good with a fat tire. That's really good. If I didn't react so much to gluten, that would be my go-to. A fat tire and a bag of salt and vinegar chips is the bomb. That is heaven to me. That is heaven to me. They just are so good together. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't really do the beer, but I do do the salt and vinegar chips. Mm. It is like my, my favorite. They're so good. Or, or the sea salt. Yeah. Like, I love oh, no, no. There's nothing but the vinegar. Yes. No, I, I mean, I like I yeah. that one better. And not like but. fancy ones or like kettle cooked, like Lay's. Like all of the bad oh, fats, I like the tramp. One, yeah. yeah, no. If no. I'm gonna eat chips, it's You're like just gonna go for it. Yeah, no, I'm going chemical all the way. <laughs> My huge guilty pleasure is like the ruffles with the artificial cheddar and onion. Mm. Um, which cheddar is sour cream. I cheddar, sour I had a bag of chips. One. I, I ate yep. that exact bag a couple of days ago. Okay. I was somewhere. Oh, we were. I was shopping with my daughter, and I had to hadn't resist. eaten well that day, and I was like, "Give me that chips right there." Somehow it was different that my yeah. eight year old took it off the shelf. Like it was like she it was her choice. Like she was making me do it. Yeah. Great mom choices. Yeah. yeah, it was good though. I ate the whole bag on the way home. That's awesome. <laughs> I could do that very easily. So one thing that I love talking about is um, our story. So just kind of like how life has shaped us and the position in the universe that we got placed in, right? We don't really have much control over that. Mm. We just get plopped down into the universe. And then so much of our story is shaped by, you know, our family of origin and where we grew up and how we grew up. And um, those things kind of inform the first parts of our life. And then we get to grow into adults and we get to choose obviously what we grow into and the person that we grow into and the, and, and where we want to be in life and all those kind of things. But I would so love to know just a little bit more about your story and kind of like, you know, what was your family of origin like? Where were you in the birth order? Um, what was the feeling and the vibe of growing up in your household and where, where was it? Well, I grew up in Canada mm-hmm. about 40 minutes outside of Toronto in like a little bedroom community, little suburb called Newmarket. Okay. And, uh, bedroom community. I, yeah. So like everyone just sleeps there, but they work somewhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had not heard of that before. Yes. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was like a nice town. Kind of reminds me a lot of like where I live now, like a little suburb of Orlando. Okay. Like, um, and I lived with my mom, my dad and my mom separated when I was two. And okay. so I would go there to my dad's house every other weekend. And he, uh, he met my stepmother and then married my stepmother when I was really young. So it's always been like I've had two mothers. Right. And I was just joking with a friend this morning about how from my mom I get this very, like, really just exploratory and interested and fascinated and kind of a nomadic love to travel. I, I really thrive in, in moments of awe and wonder and... And from my stepmother, I get this like crazy type A personality. Very driven. <laughs> mm, attention to detail, perfectionism, uh-huh. you know, wanting to like a never ending list and like cannot, cannot stop, cannot stop. Mm-hmm. There's more on the list. There's more on the list. Now she was quite extreme. I mean, she, she would vacuum her way out of a room. So the lines would be the same. I'm not, I don't do that. Right. Whereas my mom had a... I remember she had a magnet on our fridge that said only boring women have clean homes. So it was like, (laughs) literally like I, it was like being on opposite ends of the spectrum. We would make our beds at my dad's house, like military. And we would never make our beds at my mom's house. Wow. So it was in kind of two realistic worlds. It was very different. And I I have three brothers. Okay. So two are older that, that were three are from my dad and my mom. Right. And then 12 years when I was 12, my little brother, Jeffrey, was born. So there, I have three brothers, 
I'm really grateful for that. Right. Yeah. I have two daughters now and those, they only have each other. And so raising sisters is so foreign to me, Hmm. how they behave with each other. I'm just used to brothers. I remember when they told me I had a girl, I thought for sure they'd made a mistake because I have all brothers. My husband has all brothers. I had two nephews at the time. It just seemed inconceivable Hmm. to me that there was a a female and growing inside my body. Right. And I was just really like, what do I do with that? Hmm. I'd never figured out how to be a girl. I still don't know how to braid. You know, there's this thing. I didn't, I didn't start wearing makeup until I was 31. Yeah. Awesome. I was just, and I wasn't a Tom girl. I wasn't that. It was just, I did not grow up. I grew up with three brothers. Did your mom speak to that though? I mean, was she... Well, she's the one who bought me the makeup oh, <laughs> at 31. 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She took me to Mac and they were like, give her a makeover and I'll buy whatever you put on her face. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I still use that protocol today. Like I haven't changed a thing. I do the exact same thing they showed me 11 years ago, 12 years ago. So you are a creature of habit. Yes. Yeah. In that regard. Yeah. Okay. And I just think I don't, I think a lot of women perfectly fine, but they get a lot of joy from primping. And I don't like, I just I never have, right. like, I've just never been. Yeah. I think there's something about like, for me, like the ceremony yeah, of for like sure. getting ready of, um, doing something special for a special event, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, I don't have to wear makeup every day and I often don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the, um, putting on something special and putting on something new mm-hmm. and making like an extra effort for, Kind of like you said, popping bottles, like it's just so fun to like mm-hmm. do something that's celebratory. That's not your like day to day. And I like that. Uh-huh. I just don't like love it. Was this after you were married? Yeah. So it was after the birth of my first child. My mom just sort of <laughs> nicely said, you're haggard. I don't think oh. she definitely didn't use those words. And my mom is super loving. She definitely didn't say it like that. But right. the general gist of it was like, we got to do something about your face. <laughs> You, you're just tired and haggard and, and it was great. I was actually really glad that I hadn't worn makeup until that point because it, 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 I really got the ritual of it. Like it was like, okay, I'm tired and maybe I'm, I'm just not feeling like myself. My body doesn't feel like mine anymore. All Mm -hmm. those things. And then I would, you know, have a shower and maybe put on something cute and I put on my makeup and it felt like that transition was in place. Like, okay, Mm. now I'm going out. Now I'm going to meet friends or I'm going out with Mark or whatever. So it definitely worked and it was definitely coming from that place. My mom wanted that for me, for me to feel like that I was my own woman again. Right. Yeah. Super sweet. But yes, I mean, growing up with brothers, it just wasn't a girly house. Yeah. I grew up with four brothers, so it felt, um, also very much run by boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my parents really made an effort to like, feel like I was the girl in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, somewhat not like over the top and all the time, but it was like, I, I think that I did relish like I mean, I wanted a sister for a really long time, and that obviously didn't happen because I had four brothers. But um, but then it was like, now it was like, I'm the only girl, so yeah. I get yeah. my own room. I loved it. Yeah. I loved being the only girl. And I was the youngest until my little brother was born. But even he lived with my dad and my stepmother, so at when I was with my mom, which was most of the time, right? Um, that dynamic of me being the youngest was always in play. It still kind of is. 
You know? kind of feel like the youngest yeah, child. Yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, but I, I'm still really close with my brothers. In fact, um, I was home a couple of weeks ago and... Mm-hmm. I just maybe had never noticed it before or I'd never really sat back to appreciate it. But whenever I go home, which is pretty often, I'll go like four times, maybe five times a year. That's a lot. Um, back to Back to Toronto. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They always go out of their way. So I always stay with the one brother. I always stay with Rob. Okay. But they always know when I'm coming and this one wants to meet for dinner and this one is going to take the day off work so we can take our kids to the zoo. And right. then this one wants to, you know, at least meet up for a beer or they're coming over and the last time I just remarked at how, like, I didn't initiate any of it. Right. You know, they were just, they That's knew really I was sweet. coming and they, uh, yeah. They're making the effort. Yeah. They have that like, yes. in their mind. It was really nice. Right. Yeah. We have a great, That's we have so a really sweet. great relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably likely because I don't live there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, brothers are frustrating. They can be. Yes. Yeah. They can be. They can, they can be wonderful. And then, and then family dynamics, right? So there's never any perfect family that I've come across. Nope. Nope. But when you have a good one, I think as you get older, you realize like how important that totally. is and how valuable it is for those like family relationships, like to invest in them and for them to be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, especially when you go through hard stuff. Well, and you hear about people who have a sibling that they you know they'll say, oh, I haven't talked to my brother in 10 years or I don't, you know, I and I, 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 yeah. And I think it's partly because with when we were growing up, there weren't a lot of things that my mom took a hard line about, Mm -hmm. but one of them was how we treated each other. And we were never allowed to call each other stupid. We were never allowed to say shut up. That was like, we could probably would have been able to say the F word in our house easier. But if, if we had said shut up, that was game over. So we, we were, it wasn't like we were just encouraged to treat each other respectfully. Like that was like a standard in our house that we were not to, change. So I think that's part of it too. I I think you have to teach your kids. I've noticed this with mine, but that, that there's a way that they are required to treat each other. Like there's a Mm -hmm. level of respect and honoring and graciousness that they are required to treat each other with. And that that's just like what, how we roll as a family and, uh, and I don't know, I have, I've not and been in the family as ingrained in yeah. them as, yeah. as they grow into their own human. Identity. And I don't know if that's yeah. the secret sauce, but I know that that's what it was for us. It mm-hmm. wasn't like it didn't, ha- it didn't happen by accident. My mom really, she, she talked about that a lot yeah. as we were growing up. Absolutely. I think that, um, that is like the responsibility of the parents, mm-hmm. right. To ingrain that into like, cause they're like, you're the boss, you're the parent. Like you get to like, <clears throat> excuse me, be able to call the shots up until a certain point, obviously. But, um, as you see the value of that and how far that will get them in the relationships and in life to have, you know, like we always had like the Mr. And Mrs. You know, like the manners, we always had the, um, you know, the attitude checks with one another. I, I got in definitely a lot of trouble, uh, over the years, but, um, that was definitely a requirement, uh, in our household as well. Oh yeah. Attitude. Any picture of me in ninth or 10th grade Mm -hmm. is just mopey face, arm cross, screw whoever's taking this picture. Yeah. Like it was like my mom said one day I woke up smiling and then I didn't smile for two years. Everything uh-huh. was just awful. Uh-huh. Everything was lame. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even. And luckily I grew out of it pretty quickly, but 
I, I still remember this one picture of me at my aunt's wedding and I am just like, get me out of here. This is the worst thing. I am missing the best thing. Why am I here? And it's like, oh my God. I think it's part of Sorry, the human growing up. Yeah, all, sure. Like, right. The phase of, I was, I was a horrible teenager in yeah. the same regard. I was, I hated, I hated the world. I hated my parents. I mean, it didn't last forever, but there's this change that's happening. It was happening in my body and I couldn't grasp all of that, but I was not really a pleasant human for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, my brothers were the bad ones, so oh. they were bad. Like they were be- misbehaving. They were super naughty. And so my naughtiness was very covert. No one really noticed it because there was just so much attention, attention being paid to you. how far off the rails they were, right. especially my oldest brother. So I, I don't think my mom would, or my dad would say that, oh, I was a bad teenager. I was, mm. it's just, they didn't know okay. that I was that because I wasn't as bad as my brothers and I knew, you know, how to like, I knew what you had got to toe the line in so mm-hmm. they wouldn't notice all the other things. This episode of cocktails and conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So this actually leads into my next question, which is, um, what was like Kristen like in high school? Gosh, boy, crazy. Okay. Oh God. I don't know that I would go back and change that about myself because although I didn't pick the best boyfriends, I picked good people. Okay. You know, so when I think about the time that I spent with like the first, my first boyfriend was two and a half years. And then my next boyfriend was, I think, two years. And then the one after that was five and a half years. That was it. And then I met my husband. And so... So you were really in it for the longevity. I don't know. I just was... I just didn't know it. I didn't know how to do it any other way. Okay. So I... Yeah, I spent... Most of those relationships were back to back, like with very little time in between. Or maybe I sort of dated a little bit, but when I... By the time I had started that next like solid like multi-year relationship, right. wasn't there wasn't a lot of time in between them. So I spent a lot of my time not alone. And I remember I was living in Australia when the five and a half year one broke up, and it was I had realized that with, had, you were with your partner. His name, yeah, his name, his name was Dave. And we moved to Australia together. Okay, Canadians are allowed to live abroad in a lot of like imperialist nations, right? For on working holiday visas, and you're allowed to work and you're allowed to travel. And so I was over there for a year. And I remember when we broke up, what was more devastating than the the loss of it, the grief of it, was was realizing I can't be alone. Like I'm not very good oh. at being alone. 
So I had worked when I was in Australia and they paid really well. And Mm -hmm. I lucked out. I'd gotten this really great job and I was making really great money plus overtime, sometimes double time. Right. And I was just banking all this money and I was just a backpacker. So here I am making all this money. I think they were paying, the minimum wage was like $18 an hour at the time. So I hear I have all this money and no boyfriend and I had all these plans to travel through Southeast Asia with him and we weren't going to do that anymore. And I thought, oh my God, I don't want to go all the way home back to Toronto having been all the way over here and having all these dreams of places I was going to go and not Mm -hmm. go because I don't have anyone to go with. So I went by myself. Okay. And like as a weird twist of fate, it was like a lone boot camp. It was like eight weeks, six, eight weeks where I traveled through Thailand alone. And it wasn't just that I was... And how how old were you at Um, Probably like 23 or 24. Okay. So early 20s. Yeah, I'm probably 24. And I never met anyone. Like, it was like I had like a breakup stink on me. No one... (laughs) I never hooked up with anyone. I never like... It literally was like I had a stink on me. Okay. And I was so sad. But I emerged from that trip and I emerged from that year so okay with being alone Mm. and realizing that nothing is worth, like there's nothing I would put up with anymore to avoid being alone. Like I could be alone now. Like I could go be in solitary confinement at this point now. It was just so much alone. You kind of met yourself in your aloneness and you were like, I'm fine. I can handle this. I can do this. Totally. And I just hadn't, I just hadn't been alone since I was probably... 14 years old, just dating one person after another and not ever learning like the skin that I'm in. It's just fine. I'm just going to be fine. So fast forward to when I met Mark and it was like, I was like, I was so ready for him at that point because I was, I didn't need him. Right. I really enjoyed him and I really loved the idea of making a life together, but it wasn't like, there was no desperation. Yeah. No, I was totally complete by the time that I met him. And I think that attracted someone who was complete, you know, like, it's not that we weren't damaged goods still. Everyone is, everyone is damaged goods. Everyone's a work in progress. It's not that it was just, there wasn't this unhealthy sort of codependence or like I, you complete me kind of business. It just felt like, okay, let's meet and make this life together so much better. Yeah. So as we've grow, we grow up and we kind of make our own lives and, um, we move forward into hopefully what we, we have envisioned. Um, has there ever been a time that you kind of have felt most devastated by and how did you kind of like pick yourself up from that and keep on moving? You know, I would have to say that time in Australia, you know, the, the trouble with that breakup was that he had, kind of energetically, emotionally exited the relationship mm-hmm. months before. And he just didn't have the balls to say to me, like, I still love you, but I just don't want a girlfriend anymore. Like I'm in Australia and he had gotten super into like the, like 1am bar scene, like super techno and like you stay up all night and all that yeah. kind of thing. And I mean, anybody who knows me now knows I I definitely can't stay up all night now, but I, it wasn't me then either. Right. I tried, you know, I tried like, okay, when in Rome, like, let's, let's do this. I lived in Sydney and Sydney had a huge, oh. like <laughs> all night bar scene and right. it was great. It was, it was fun, but it wasn't for me. Sure. And I think he just didn't have the strength or the honesty to just 
he like he just wanted it all. He wanted me sort of like waiting in the wings. Sure. And he also wanted to go off and just. And five and a half years is a very. I mean, that's like a marriage. Yeah, it was a long time. Right. That's yeah. And so strange. not having someone be straight with you. And I remember, I remember when I finally said to him, like, "What are we doing? <laughs> this is so absurd. What are we doing? Like, this is over. Like, mm-hmm. let's just call this quits." Mm-hmm. And I went home, and he called me, and he was just sobbing, and I was like, "What on earth? This is such a mind mess." You know? Right. And I think it was just because he just, he just, he didn't want to lose me, but he just didn't want a girlfriend. So it was hard. It was a really, really hard time. And in fact, for years, whenever I didn't make the, the link until I started seeing a therapist about lots of things. And then that came up was I would have a dream that would be some iteration of the breakup and it would happen every couple of months, sometimes once a month. And it was really hard because I would wake up in the morning and I would be so heavy and it would stay with me like a cloud, like, you know, like Eeyore for a couple of days. And so I remember talking to my therapist about it. I'm like, it's so ridiculous. We broke up like years ago. I'm happily married. Like, what am I still dreaming about this guy for and having this awful like replay of this breakup? And so she, we kind of talked through like, well, what was incomplete? And once we got complete on it and realized that that feeling of like not being worth it Mm -hmm. was what was at play. And Ah. anytime I felt that in the present sense, mm-hmm. that's what my brain would sort of pull from like the, the old file. Would just, it would yeah. be like, here you go. Remember, remember what we said? Don't, don't be so vulnerable because you're not going to be worth it. You're not going to, people aren't going to be there for you. And it was like, as soon as we rewired that, I don't know if you much, you know, about EMDR therapy. Yes. So I've done it. Yeah. I mean, once they rewire your brain, it's like, boom. And I haven't had the dream since. Right. It was literally like within 24 hours. That I was it. it. My brain was like, Oh, really? okay, we're like done within one session. Oh, I am an EMDR champion like, within one session. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's you, you crushed it. I don't know what it is right. about this form of therapy, but I just, I can lock in really quickly. I can pull up what needs to be pulled out really right. quickly and then we do our thing and then we go put it back oh, somewhere else. It. And yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it for the entire population because there isn't anyone who doesn't have a thing that happened in childhood like or their teen. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that was kind of messed up. Go back Maybe I'm kind of messed up by that. I'm like, right. yeah, you probably are. <laughs> Chances are. And to really get through it, sometimes it is like the places that you can't access right on your own. You like think or pray or talk with people and you're like, why can't I move past this? Yeah. And it's like literally there's pathways in your brains that haven't been rerouted yeah. or, or learn those new. Such a great way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so on the flip side of that, has there been anything in your life or a moment, uh, that you have felt a lot of pride in? Man, like every day as a mom, honestly, it is just the coolest thing to Mm -hmm. intentionally parent and write, I call it writing code. My friend, my, my friend, John Sterlucky said to me one time, it's like, I know they came already formed with their destiny and where they're supposed to be. And I'm just kind of like these bumpers that sit along the bowling alley and help, you know, I'm just here to sort of, okay, here you go. Like a little bit of guidance. Yeah. But there's ways that they are and way, like a way of being that they move in the world that whether genetically I played a part in, you know, I think part of their personality was formed before they were even born. And that part of it came from Mark and part of it came from me. Sure. But the things that I model for them, the conversations that we have, yeah. it's like literally on a daily basis, I'm like, wow, like it's just the neatest thing mm-hmm. to, I don't even know if I would say shape someone, but like 
just witness it, like witness and see someone be fostered into the best version of themselves, not like a perfect best, but like who they were meant to be in the world, unhindered by all the bullshit and junk and stuff that happened and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's my favorite thing that I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. (laughs) Hands down. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. So we're going to touch on the Enneagram briefly because I know that you're not kind of, um, super aware of the full scope of what it is, but I think that we kind of talked through maybe, maybe some of the things that, that you think you are, but it's one of my favorite topics because it is, I think so much into the intrinsic way that we're created. Um, and the Enneagram, if you're not familiar with it is kind of like a roadmap to your personality. Just this like, um, full scope. I think of, um, I think a lot of these things are, ways that we have been created that we may, you know, like I think definitely our childhood shapes us, but we come at a lot of these things from different angles and that part fascinates me. Um, so there's nine different types of the Enneagram. They all have their own strengths and they all have their own weaknesses. Nobody is, um, nobody escapes that, but, and there's no, it's really a tool. So it's not about like pinning you in or boxing you in or anything like that, but it's more of just like, here's this tool that maybe you can be more self-aware and maybe you can interact with the world. And like, I think, I think being self-aware and, and offering your best self to the world is all we're asked to do. Right. So we definitely always want to be moving towards health and we want to be aware of our blind spots, which sometimes it's hard to do. But as we move towards health, we see and we get help from other people to kind of push along, push us along those ways. Um, So the Enneagram has been, for me, a a really helpful thing in my world to uh, know how I am as a person, how I lead, how I am in friendships, how I am family dynamics, what is a reward when I'm unhealthy, what does that look like? Um, so we had read through the descriptions and I think possibly either a one or a five, I mm-hmm. think would, um, I had thought five because I think that there's a lot of knowledge that you have and you love amassing knowledge. I do. And you love, right. Mm-hmm. And that is not like power in a bad way, but it's like, I know that I can, gather all these things and then what you do with it is like super helpful, right? You get to like obviously share that with the world and, um, you like to innovate, you like to do new things. You like to, um, like, it sounds like you kind of like to research. I mean, I don't know how date night got started, but you are getting into kind of the nitty gritty of what's happening in the world and then amassing that and then sharing your knowledge, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. And then we had talked about possibly a one, which is the reformer. So mm-hmm. kind of very, very driven, very, you know, sometimes perfectionist and very, um, you know, the reformer is all about kind of seeing um, an institution that's out there. And then you come in and you say, I want to like make it more efficient. I want to make it better. I want to come in, mm-hmm. I want to change it up. And then I want to offer this to the world, which is like a, the better version of what I see over here, mm-hmm. um, which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think a lot of that, I think that's really true. I'm a huge learner. I read a book a week. Mm-hmm. I know that. I like, I just love, Consume love. information. I do. I love it. Right. Like we've gotten into habit as a family of say it's like eight o'clock and I don't want to put on a movie. I don't like, I don't want everybody to be on a screen. Right. So 
my little kind of way out of that is like, Hey, who wants to watch a Ted talk? <laughs> watch right. Ted talks, right. And I'm like, well, this is awesome. Cause mm-hmm. it really delights that part of my brain that just is so curious Cons- and wants to consume. And I love sharing it. You know, I, I was just, it, it, it's a joke with my friend, Sarah, that you can't have a conversation with me without me recommending either a book or a podcast. And it's not about me looking all knowing because I, the more I learn, the more bottomless it looks, you know, I'm more aware of how much I don't know, know. which is probably why I'm like, I can't get through it fast enough. Like there's just so much. I mean, every time I finish one book, there's a million more that I'll never get a chance to read, but she's, she says, no, you will be talking. And I'll say, well, you know, I was reading in this book. You should, you should pick up this book. She'll be like, Oh, there it is. You were, you, (laughs) you recommended the book. And it's just a huge part of my life. Right is learning and sharing that knowledge and being helpful with someone. Right. It's, and I find it really helpful when someone says to me, Oh, you know, there's a really great book about that. I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Right. I'm going to go read that book. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. And I love, I have an English degree. And so it's not just any book. Like I would never pick up just like a crappy paperback. Like I want, I want to read good writing. I really, really love good writing. Do you have one book that you could recommend to us right now? Oh my goodness. That you have loved reading? Well, one, just one that kind of pops into my head because I was flipping through it again this morning. I finished it a couple weeks ago, but I was just kind of going through my notes on it. And that was called Bliss More. It's by a guy named Light Watkins and it's about meditation. And I think it's worthy of noting because I think a lot of people try to meditate and they say that I try to meditate. Right. And what I learned in the book, and I'd never seen it written this way before, was really just a really unique perspective into this world of meditation, was as soon as you try to meditate, you've now missed the point. Hmm. That really what he sees meditation as a, as a surrender. And like a swimmer wouldn't fight against the water, you don't fight against your thoughts. You learn to be with them. You learn to be in unison with them. You learn to swim with them. You learn to glide through them. Right. And I'd never heard that perspective before. So that was a really good one. And then I read one called The Self-Driven Child, which was all about giving your kids as much control as possible. So we're in this, like, we're in this aim of like, they call it consultant parenting where it's like, well, it's your call. But, you know, here's some perspective that I have, but at the end of the day, it's, it's your decision and being able to just give your kids as many opportunities as possible to make their own decision. That was a really good one. Um, reading one called quantum wellness now, which is sort of really hard line on being vegan and having no animal products. And I'm like, Oh boy, I don't know if I could do that. Right. I had a hot dog on Sunday at my friend's barbecue and it's just, it couldn't be oh. more, anything more pukish than a hot dog. Like they're just because what's in them and how they're made. I don't care how many percentages of all beef they are. It's okay. still disgusting, but it was so good. Okay. I was going to say. so delicious. <laughs> it was such a, I was drinking a beer and a eating hot a hot dog, dog and I was like, Memorial this is, Day party. I know. It's it was like, wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I could ever be a hardcore vegan and I really also super respect it and I am. I see us moving that way as a planet, like mm-hmm. because we are going to the have to. Of, of meat, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. But yeah. So yeah, all that, all that, and that's like. And then I listened to a different one, an right. audiobook. We're going to France this summer, so I'm also learning French again, and it's like, I'm, I just love. I think that was one of the reasons why I loved the bulletproof concept, is because MCT it really activates the mind, and mm-hmm. it's like, 
my mind's health and my mind's ability to fire and recall and think and sort things out is like, it's like a pastime to me. I would much rather sit and think than watch a, watch something on Netflix. Hmm. Okay. I totally get that's odd and not all recharge in different ways. Yeah. And that's not to say I don't ever watch Netflix, but it's like, if I really thought about it, would I rather read and journal and have a really great conversation or do I, would I rather just sit and passively just be entertained and that it would definitely be the former Hmm. for me, for sure. Well, you are such a champion of our city. So I just thank you for all you do for all the hard work and promoting all the hard work that people are doing in this city and kind of keeping the romance alive with what you do. It's the coolest thing, promoting all of our amazing businesses. Yeah. It's just, especially when you get to know some of them, like Vinya that I was talking about Mm -hmm. with, with Fabio and Paula, like they're just such a wonderful, loving, hardworking couple that just brought their money and their dreams and their hearts to the city. And we're like, we just want to give people like a really nice experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to see them succeed. Right. Could you give us like a brief glimpse into what your role is and what the business that you have created is? Yeah, for sure. So I don't do a lot with content anymore with Orlando date night guide. Okay. We've got, I've got a full-time editor and then I have part-time and a contract staff that works great contributors, great writers, great photographers. Oh my goodness. Right. I think how I've surprised myself is I'm, I'm so grateful when someone comes along and they're better at something than me. Sure. There's not like, there's nothing when it's I look at the end game. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I look at my Instagram feed, like there's, right. I joke with Stephanie, for example, like what a, like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't, I'm not allowed to post on Instagram anymore. Every once in a while I do, but they're so much better than me. Arlene and Stephanie and the other Stephanie, I mean, they're just so much better. So, so my role is just overseeing the business and I still have a lot of contact with all the other cities. So we are in six cities total. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And then do good date night has, is now in seven cities, I think maybe six states. I can't. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's neat. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And then and then when I'm not doing that, I'm, I mentor women in mindfulness okay. and having a more awakened conscious life. That's a big right. part of what I do right now. So I see myself moving, not ever leaving Orlando date night guide. It's just been wonderful. And okay. I really love building it. And how did you, my how team. did it come about? How did you really just it? like how blogs used to start because right. I moved to Orlando and Mark and I loved going on date night. And so we would just go do things and people would say, Oh, I didn't know about that. Or, they would say, oh, I saw that. Is that good? And and so I realized, oh, wow, like there's no one who writes about this. And first it was a book, then it was a newsletter, then it was a blog. Okay. But this was before like Beyonce or Bust, you know, I feel bad when people start stuff now, not that they're not capable or that, that, you know, they can't hustle their way through it, but there was no hustle when, when I started blogging, that was 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. People just started blogs just for the sake of it. No one even knew anything about monetization back right. then. And certainly there wasn't even, I didn't open my social media accounts until 2000 and gosh, 11. I didn't put Google analytics on my site mm. until then. So right. I was already doing it for four years and then I didn't even monetize it until, until 2014. So seven years into it, right. I was like, huh, maybe I should try to make a little bit of money off of this. <laughs> Whereas now I was just talking with a friend of mine about it this morning, like... People start things 
only to monetize it. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm not, but it's just a different spirit to it. And then there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of looking around at where they could be or where they should be. And I think there's so much out there, more content out there. Totally. Buying for your, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there, it's still a bit of like the wild, wild west out there in terms of like what influencers get paid and what blogs should say. And And there's some people who follow FTC guidelines and there's Mm -hmm. way more that don't. And there's also a real differentiation between the guidelines that are put on bloggers and influencers that aren't actually put on, say, the magazine industry. You know, if I, if I get comp to do something, I have, you know, I'm legally obligated to disclose on my website that I did. And that's fine. We, we go above and beyond with our disclosure. Right. But if I work for a magazine and I get sent on this amazing trip for a travel and leisure magazine and everything's paid for, I never have to breathe a word of that in that story. Wow. So I'm, you know, I'd like to see some of those guidelines even out a little bit. Podcast is another example. You know, no one has to disclose who they got paid to talk about. You can infer, oh, yeah. but there's yeah. nothing yet mandated or at least if it is, it's not being enforced or it's not being followed. Right. So yeah, it's just a different world, you know? And when I started, it was just like, just for fun. Right. And, and now it's like serious business and I'm certainly not serious, but it, it is a business. And I think now when people start, it's with that in mind. And I don't know if that would, I don't think I would have had as much fun doing it. I mean, it may not have lasted if I had had all this pressure on me. So over the years, you've had a lot on your plate and you still have some on your plate. Um, and my final topic is probably my favorite of all the topics, which is rest. Um, it's something that I think a lot of people don't do enough or talk about enough or incorporate into their lives on like a, like a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a constant basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and the importance I think of rest and like that mental, like we talked about kind of like that mental break. Like we all, we all kind of rest and renew in different ways. Um, but for you, like what are some of the practices that you've adopted to help you kind of retreat, restore, renew, take a step back, um, self care Mm -hmm. so that you can offer your best self to the world. The biggest one for me is I get up at 5 a.m., Almost every single day. (laughs) And I make my little ginger tea Uh and my green tea. And then I light my little candle and I meditate and then I journal or I read or I write some thank you notes Mm -hmm. or um, I just go be by myself for the first hour of the day. Hmm. It's just for me. It's for me to reflect, to contemplate. Socrates says you to live the unexamined life is not worth living or you must live the examined life, whatever it is. Right. I have this real desire to be in the witness of my life and not just be this sort of passive, asleep at the wheel, autopilot human being. Right. That's a huge part of it for me. And I, there is real truth in the benefit of meditation is never happens on the mat. It's later on when you go to say to something to someone out of anger and you don't, and you're like, Oh, look at that. I normally would have said whatever, or you catch yourself being angry about traffic and you go, what's the point in being angry right now? I'm just going to call my mom or I'm going to listen to a podcast or whatever. So that's, that to me is like the biggest thing that I do. And I definitely exercise. I have way more energy when I exercise. That's Mm -hmm. a big thing. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I get a good night's sleep. Obviously if I get up so early, I'm usually like in bed at nine. (laughs) I'm usually definitely asleep by 10, but often asleep by nine 30. Great. Uh, yeah. Sounds like you're definitely a morning person. Yeah. That you enjoy that. Yes. That space of the day. And my brain is like on in the morning. I know some people, it just wouldn't be, it Mm -hmm. just wouldn't be on. And some people really enjoy that their brain turns on at like 11 o'clock at night and, Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to give that up because maybe they get really creative or they get really connective or whatever at that time of night. And I think you just have to find your own ebb and flow and you have to learn to tune into your body and honor it. There's so many diets and prescriptions and we're supposed to be intermittent fasting and we're supposed to cut this out and we're supposed to be doing this. And it's like, well, maybe not. Like, what if I stopped and said, yeah, like, you know, you're supposed to get this many hours of sleep. Well, I don't need that many hours of sleep. Hmm. I truly don't. I can't have too little. I know that if I have a sleep deficit, I won't feel good, but I think for each person, it's just slowing down and doing like a body scan. I think that's part of my practice in the morning is like, like just checking in and being like, how are you, Kristen? Hmm. This little human moving through the world. Like what's going on with you and what are you feeling and what's swirling and that kind of thing. So I think if we all did more of that, we, we probably have a lot less food and diet books and and conflict. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had your dream day off, I mean, it could be kind of anywhere in the world or filled with all the, all of your favorite things. Like what would like a dream day? I don't even be? have to think about it. Okay. It's let's hear like, it. I would go to the Ritz Carlton spa Ooh, with God bless. at least two books. Okay. And by yourself. Yeah. I'd let Mark come. I shouldn't say let, <laughs> I shouldn't say like, I enjoy it when he comes and I'm fine when he doesn't. Okay. I can do it either way. But going with a group of girls would be no for me because that would just be too, like, on. Yeah. You know, like, too social yeah. and too chatty and all that. No, I just want to go either just with him or go by myself or maybe mm-hmm. one of my friends. It's, like, more just, like, a chill. And then reading and then just they bring you these little bento boxes for lunch. Yes, to all these things. Yes, so and then I all go upstairs and get like a pedicure and they serve you champagne during pedicure and like Open those bottles. Yes. Yes. Just, yeah, that's my perfect day. Okay. And sitting in the shade. I'm not a big sun person, but like sitting in the shade and then going in the pool and getting to bed oh my early. Gosh, yes. It was like a heavenly day. Yeah. Hands that, down. That and and really sound. any version of that anywhere around the world, you know, I don't yeah. have to be in Florida to have that experience. Sure. But like a, a chill day by the pool reading is like perfection to me. I think that we are along the same lines. Yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, thank you so much for taking your time and just sitting with me and sharing and chatting and life and thank dreams you. and all the things. So thanks Kristen for all that you're doing and being a part of my world and mm. all the things. Thank you. So looked- until the next time. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for being Cheers. here. Cheers. Cheers again. Well, yours is gone already. Oh yeah. I, I don't waste <laughs> I my time. I gotta slurp my back now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversations? 